Hi, and welcome to Back Channel, where we interview talent professionals who are helping the fastest growing companies find their leadership teams. Today, we have Jim Conti from Hyde Park Ventures. Thanks for joining, Jim. Thanks so much, Mike. Glad to be here today. Great. So let's get started with you. Tell us about you and your firm and your role. Yeah, yeah. So again, I'm Jim. I'm the talent partner with Hyde Park Venture Partners. We are headquartered in Chicago uh, and we are a venture capital firm that invests in what we describe as the mid-continent. So kind of think Chicago is the center of that uh, uh, region and then the greater Midwest around that. So kind of the, the breadbasket here in the U.S. Um, we particularly love that region. There's a ton of great innovation happening um, and what we describe as teams who are really building useful products, right? So there's there's a ton of logistics and supply chain, agriculture work happening, um, really helping to, to power uh, much of, of the infrastructure across the country, kind of centralized here in Chicago. So lots of really interesting opportunities here and across the greater region that we operate within. Um, we invest very early stage, so we are uh, typically cutting checks somewhere between the pre-seed and series A rounds, uh, although with the way that venture is going, that always kind of creeps up a little bit here and there. So uh, definitely a lot of seed checks getting cut these days. Um, and then we invest in technology companies. So uh, usually that's a software company, um, although we are definitely flexible in that way. Um, we are looking for technology to be a, a key part of what a, a company is using or, or deploying in order to solve the problem that they are trying to tackle. Uh, my role with the firm is relatively new. Um, so I started up last summer, summer of 2021. Uh, I left a uh, HR operator seat. So I was running HR for a software company. And the team here, the basic theory for my role was uh, that the number one, two, and three questions that they got from uh, the portfolio was around talent stuff, uh, whether it's questions on how to structure a recruiting process, how to think about compensation planning, uh, building a performance review system for the first time. And so the, the team decided to bring me on to help kind of coach our, our founders and leadership teams through the process of establishing their talent functions. And then ultimately, as the company grew, help scale those as well. Uh, so really trying to bring in my past experience of being the person that ran that function and then helping coach people through the process of establishing and building that function. That, that's it? That, that's all that you, you do there? That's all. That's all I got to do on a day-to-day -day basis. <laughs> Something simple. Yeah, no, it sounds very, you know, very comprehensive. It, it, you know, looking at your background, it seems like you've had a lot of success on the in-house side of things, both at D-Scout and Sprout, building people teams, building the entire org out. I'm curious, why go to VC? I love uh, looking back at my experiences with Sprout and D-Scout. Um, I, I make the joke that I feel like I could put a blindfold on and make a photocopy in either of those offices still. Like it's just imprinted on my brain, right? I also look at that and I recognize that I have these two very deep experiences. Uh, I, I, you know, kind of really knew every nook and cranny of those companies and those, those teams. The chance to come here to the talent partner role with Hyde Park, um, for me, was a lot about being able to expand my vision, being able to see more examples more quickly. Um, we have about 60 companies in our portfolio. And at any given time, I'm working with somewhere between maybe eight or 12 of them on specific projects that they're working on. And so for me personally, this is a little bit selfish, I'll be honest. I just wanted to be able to have more exposure, be able to see different ways of approaching similar problems to what I've seen before. Um, and recognizing that even though I've done it before, doesn't mean I have all the answers, but but I can be a partner to folks that are uh, facing those challenges, kind of tackling those and, and thinking about what solutions look like on the other side, and that I get to be able to kind of build my knowledge base in that process. So uh, that, that was definitely a strong anchor for me. Um, on the other side, I love advising. Um, I have found that 
uh, being able to kind of coach folks and like help them find the pathway to their own success is something that I derive a lot of personal satisfaction from. And so the, the duality of those two things made this role really an opportunity that I couldn't say no to. And then the, the, the third and, and very important part is that High Park has a fantastic name here in the Chicago region. Uh, they've made a lot of really intelligent investments, companies that I respect and uh, have kind of watched from afar. And now I get the chance to actually work with them directly, which is something that I think is a, a great privilege that I get in the role that I have. Seems like there's little opportunity to be bored in a role like that, huh? <laughs> very true. Very true. I am a busy person. That is for sure. So for the investor talent partner, you typically see one of two backgrounds. It's either the uh, traditional executive search experience, or it's a top tier operator from the in-house side. How does that background affect a talent partner's approach? Yeah. Well, first, Mike, I'm going to take the compliment of the top tier operator. So thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, but I, I think it's a good question. And the place where my brain goes first is that before you get to the person or the role, you need to focus on the firm. What is the firm looking to get out of the role? And what does success look like for the position? Focusing there first, getting some clarity around that before you even post anything or start talking to anyone, and then being able to start bringing in candidates. Um, I think a bit about my, my experience here at Hyde Park and the, the team did a really good job of framing up that they knew there were a couple of places where they specifically needed help to support the portfolio. Um, that kind of looked at as this like HR consulting type work that I get to do. They had a couple of theories about other things that would be helpful for the portfolio as well. And so for me, I kind of had this anchor as I started the conversation with the team to understand what the majority of my time would be spent doing, but then what are the other parts that play into that as well? I think about some of my peers that have more of that exec search background and kind of the, the priority they have, and, and they have a slightly different focus. They are they are doing things that are slightly different than what I do every day, although I would describe it as it's not like one or the other. It's more the Venn diagram of the two that we have this kind of overlap of things that we all do, but we each have our specialty as well. Um, and so, again, I'll come back. I really think it starts with the firm identifying what are they trying to achieve or succeed by having this role? What is it doing for the portfolio? And then making sure they're finding the person that aligns to that. Yeah, and that's a recurring theme we hear a lot is around the clarity around this role because it could be a very broad role with a lot of responsibilities. Mm -hmm. I'm curious if we took a double click there and we were to ask like, what are some, some high level questions or level setting that a firm should do to identify how they want that talent partner to really you know contribute to the, the broader firm? What would those questions be? Yeah. Yeah. I think the first thing you have to do is kind of look at the feedback you've gotten from your portfolio, right? You probably have surveys or, or uh, email exchanges or things like that that are going to give you that very specific data set that you should be basing this decision off of to start. So I think that's one. Two is, as for a firm, I think you have to think a bit competitively as well. VC is a very uh, uh, active space at the moment, uh, to say it simply. And so uh, part of the reason that, that folks will bring on this talent partner role is often for competitive reasons. Being able to, to win over companies saying that we have the support system behind you once we are making that investment. And so I think that that is another kind of like question that a firm should answer is like, what does our competitive landscape look like? And what does it look like to stay competitive within our landscape? I think finally, the the concept of like, where does the position sit within the team? Um, so, uh, you know, is it, are you predominantly investors and this would be your first platform position? Cool. Well, if you don't have a platform offering yet, that's fine. But talent is just one part of platform. And so thinking about like, actually, do we need someone that's a little bit broader on platform first, kind of lay some foundations, and then we specialize in talent a little bit later. There's some good questions in there to make sure that you're kind of building the right thing that's answering the right question um, that I would I would encourage a firm to kind of like dive into and think a bit about there. On the in-house side, you typically see 
very different skill sets, def- definitely different teams on the, the HR side versus the talent acquisition side. And, you know, it seems like the talent partners owning a lot of the, the responsibility, the broader responsibility across both of those disciplines. Is that right? Can they handle both of those, those uh, parts or, you know, should it be segmented? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, like, let's look at our companies, right? A scaling company, one person has to own those initially, right? And typically that person is the CEO who's owning a dozen, two dozen other things at the same time. And so I think the direct answer to your question is like, yeah, more than, you know, one person can own more than one thing. I think that the, the clarity that you need to get to is like, cool. So we look at that data that I was just talking about before, the questions we get from our companies, the requests that we're receiving, and is it well-balanced between the two? Is the volume high enough that dictates the two hires here? My guess is that if you're hiring your first, you probably just need one, and you need someone who has a deep keel and kind of one side or the other. Um, Again, that needs to reflect the needs of your portfolio and kind of what you want to be as a firm, but they should be able to speak to the other side as well, or at least have a network or um, contacts, vendors that they can reach out to, to help kind of support on that side as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and kind of backing up a bit to when you were talking about the, the mid-continent strategy, I like that approach, but when you hear VC, I think immediately everyone thinks Bay Area, right? And it seems like Hyde Park's not trying to be something that's not, it's focusing on its strengths. I'm, I'm curious, how does that affect investment and really how does it affect talent from your point of view? So uh, we have, for since our founding, been very firmly connected to the Midwest. Um, we have always been headquartered in Chicago. Um, and so the team here has always really believed in the power and the talent that exists in our region. Um, I think that uh, the other part of that, and this is a little bit different today than when we were founded um, a little over a decade ago, is that Chicago and the kind of greater Midwest used to be kind of very much looked over by coastal VCs, very much uh, considered flyover states, that there wasn't innovation happening here. Um, and so where, where we've originally started, which is kind of helping elevate local founders, I think where we really excel now is that we are the boots on the ground for the various uh, geos and metros that we operate within uh, in order to make sure that we are not just looking for the next great company, but helping to foster community in those regions as well. Um, making introductions, making sure that, you know, if we aren't the right VC, we're doing other VC introductions within the region as well. We partner with local VCs very often, whether it's, uh, you know, as part of a syndicate for for funding purposes or, you know, uh, training companies and candidates. Um, I have a, a network of, of platform folks in the Chicago region that I regularly am sharing candidates with to say, like, hey, I don't have a fit in my portfolio. Do you have one in yours? Let's keep talent local, make sure that they're still connected into the ecosystem here. And then from there, you know, I, I, I look at that as a win. I, if we're keeping people within the region, we're not leading talent to other regions or, or, or to the coast, um, that's, that's a win for us as well. Um, and then the last piece that I think is part of that is that the, the Midwest is very, if you haven't spent time here, is just a very kind place. Um, you know, they kind of call it the Midwest nice. Uh, and so within that, I think that the, uh, the concept of community building is really important. People here really do remember if you've done something for them before. And so one of the things that I'm really proud of that I walked into here with Hyde Park is that they were really known already for being connectors within the community and that they were, even if not a member of our portfolio, supporters of, of, of the region and supporters of the individuals in the region. And I just get to kind of extend my work within that as well, um, helping to do um, you know, kind of coaching executives through interview processes, helping to do introductions, things like that as well. Um, and so you see a real cohesiveness here in Chicago that I think is really special or in the greater region here too, that is really special, very unique. Um, whenever I have someone that comes from outside of the Chicago region and they kind of experience 
maybe a happy hour or a, a networking event here, they're always amazed by how open and willing people are to be able to share, um, you know, give resources, you know, make introductions. Again, I've said those words a couple of times, but like it genuinely happens every time you interact with someone um, in this space. Um, I think last night there was a virtual meetup that I attended and out of the group of, I think there was, you know, half dozen of us that were kind of like hanging out and just having a conversation for a little bit. There were three different new introductions that came out of that just in the first 10 minutes of people needing a thing. And they're like, oh, I have a person that does that. And that's just, that's just how we operate. Like, that's just what we do. Yeah. It's, it's good to hear. And, you know, to give to, you know, before receiving, I think is a, is a great mindset. I, I think related to your point about trying to keep talent local, um, when you think about VC comp, usually at the early stage companies, executives take the traditional, you know, pay cut for typically in exchange for equity. Um, and what we're seeing in our data is that that trend might be uh, kind of reversing at this point. And it seems like comp is ticking up a bit in those earlier stage companies. I'm curious if you're seeing that in, in your region and if so, what you're doing to address it. Yeah, Mike, I really like that question. I don't disagree with kind of the point or perspective that you're coming at that from, but I, 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 I look at it slightly differently. Um, I think we're in a moment where candidates are really rethinking their priorities and they're making very intentional steps accordingly. And so I, I've certainly been part of conversations that are exactly what you're describing, that folks kind of recognize that, you know, the the way that they value their time or they want their time recognized is through, you know, straight cash comp or through a bonus program or something like that. Um, I also see it on the other side. I, I just had a great conversation with a, a leadership candidate who's departing um, a, a fairly large technology company and specifically is targeting a pre series a company because he feels like he's in a moment where um you know kind of in that life reflection that he's done that he is able to take on the risk of step, stepping back into a, a very early stage company and relying a bit more on the equity being a a driver for him in terms of kind of financial success moving forward than the cash comp and so it's just kind of fascinating to see where folks are kind of playing out in the field what those personal reflections look like and so it's not i would say a universal response that i'm seeing but rather very much a reflection of where a person is and kind of what they're looking for next in uh their career or in life or whatever is the driver for them yeah that's that's a Really good point of view. I mean, I think it adds another dimension to the question that, you know, is not addressed just in the, the comp piece. So our, our last question here is, is playing the contrarian. And, you know, as you're learning exec search, I'm really interested to get your point of view here because we typically talk to people that have like a lot of background specifically just in exec search. But you know, the, the executive mm -hmm. search space um, for all of its many, many benefits and, and attributes. Um, it, it is more traditional, sometimes a little bit more formal space. So I'm curious from your point of view, what kind of best practices, habits, rituals do you think are maybe outdated and, and need a, a refresh at this point? Yeah, it's a great question. And I, I feel like this is going to be a controversial answer, particularly <laughs> with the name of the podcast that we are on right now. Uh, but back channels. Um, I, I don't love back channel reference checks. Uh, it invites a lot of bias in the hiring processes. And so when I think about that, or when teams are asking me if that's a good idea or if they should pursue it, uh, my response is usually one of two things and usually both of them together. First is become better interviewers, learn how to ask better questions and get good information. Uh, and then using that information to be able to make your assessments rather than the back channel conversation or LinkedIn message you get from someone. I think the second part here is that it's also a little bit on us, particularly as you're looking to bring in leadership candidates, that we need to make sure that we are building strong relationships of trust very early in that relationship. 
candidates have a lot of options on the market right now. And I'm seeing even like small snafus within a hiring process, a miscommunication, a, a Zoom meeting that gets missed, um, uh, you know, something like that, that, that can turn a candidate off. Something that wouldn't have done that, say, you know, a year or two ago does now. And so I think about uh, building relationships of trust with candidates where you can have the open conversation to say, like, listen, as part of your background, like this thing I have a question about, let's talk about that. Like, who can I talk to in your life that can tell me more about that? And I think that we we recognize people as people and, 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 and kind of say, like, listen, I really like you, but I want to make sure that I really understand you. I want to make sure that this two-way street of deciding that you want to join our firm and that we want you to join the firm is really coming true. But that takes some time. That takes some like really breaking down those barriers. And obviously with the the advent of like a lot of interviewing happening remotely these days, the, the Zoom screen can be a very hard place to kind of build that trust. And so I think it's really on us as interviewers, as, as, as teams that are trying to bring in exceptional talent to build that relationship to trust and do everything we can to make that uh, a reality before someone even steps foot in the office or, or, you know, proverbial office, I guess, at this point too. <laughs> it seems like, uh, you know, really bringing in that Midwest mindset to the process could have a, a lot of benefits and kind of maybe correct some of the areas that, that need correcting, but we'll forgive you for the, the uh, slight on our, on our name. That's, that's all good. But yeah. uh, thanks so much for joining Jim. This was a really great conversation. I appreciate the time and I appreciate you joining us. Of course, glad to be here and excited to continue to be part of the community. See you soon. Bye.